Hello everyone and welcome back to the Building Strength Podcast. I'm your host, Theodore Lim, and we have Season 2, Episode 4 coming at you. On today's episode, we will be wrapping up the Four Doctors series. The last two episodes have been about Doctor Diet and Doctor Movement, so nutrition and movement training. On today's episode, we're going to be covering both Doctor Quiet and Doctor Happiness. And that will wrap up the Four Doctors series as taught by Paul Check with my own spin on it. So, just like I like I just said, we're going to keep rolling with the same kind of format. I will give a quick overview of how Paul Check has outlined it, and then I will provide my own insight, my own experiences as it relates to both Dr. Quiet and Dr. Happiness. So, before we jump in, just want to put it out there again that I am offering online coaching. If you need some guidance with your training, with your nutrition, you can apply for coaching through the link in the show notes, or you can always message me if you have questions. So let me know. You know I'm here to help. All right. Dr. Quiet and Dr. Happiness. Really, all of this is just about creating your own core values, creating your own code of conduct for you to follow in everyday life. That goes with the nutrition, that goes with the training, and then it's going to go for these as well. So Dr. Quiet, we'll touch on Dr. Quiet first, and then we'll go to Dr. Happiness. So Dr. Quiet is about how much rest do I need? How much rest do I need daily? Both passive rest and active rest. Uh, How much alone time do I need in order to recharge, in order to live my dream? You remember how last week I asked or I asked you guys or posed the question of like, what is my dream? What is my goal? How do I want to live? What do I want my life to look like? So how much rest do I need in order to make those things happen? Or how much time do I need to recharge in order to make those things happen? So some key words for Dr. Quiet, sleep, self, introspection, and spiritual. So in terms of sleep, sleep is super basic. Sleep is literally the cheapest and most effective form of recovery. I'm going to say that again. Sleep is the cheapest and most effective form of recovery. So we can do all the stretching. We could do, we could get as many treatments. We could. You know, we could do all the right things, but if our sleep is not where it needs to be, 
those things won't really matter. They'll help a little bit, but the, the getting in quality sleep, getting in that seven, eight, nine hours of sleep, that is going to make the biggest difference in terms of how recharged we feel. And again, I've shared this a lot. Sleeping eight hours a night has been a game changer for me in the last year. I used to try to get by on six hours of sleep and it was not doing me any good. It was not doing my clients any good. It wasn't doing my partner or my family any good. Only in the last year where I've started to sleep at least seven, eight, nine hours a night have I realized what I was missing. So number one, sleep. And then in terms of quiet time, in terms of alone time, I think this is really, this is going to really depend on you as a person. Um, as, as someone who's an introvert, I'm more introverted than I am extroverted. I do value my alone time a lot and I do require a good amount of alone time. Again, that that has taken me a while to kind of figure out and figure out how much time I actually need. And it's super individual. So really taking the time to figure that part out because in my situation as a coach, say I'm coaching people in person four to five days a week, four to six days a week, and anywhere from four to eight hours a day. For me, just that socializing, just that amount of socializing, that is a lot for me. That takes a lot of my energy. So then when I'm done, when I'm done coaching, I sit down and I want nothing to do with talking to anyone, hanging out with anyone, I, it took me a long time because, you know, as a, as a teenager or as a, as an early twenties young adult, the awareness isn't really there yet, or I didn't learn how to pick up on those things, which I'm going to talk about awareness a lot later this episode, because for me, being happy and being aware has kind of gone hand in hand for me. So in the past, I didn't understand that um, alone time is what I was craving. So if I went from coaching a lot of clients and then I jumped right into the next thing without giving myself a bit of a, a bit of alone time to recharge, I wouldn't show up in the best way possible. So say I jump into like, jump into meeting my family or hang out with my girlfriend. So I'm there, but I haven't recharged yet. So I'm there, but I'm not in a good mood at all. And then of course, everyone knows how that is. When you're not in a good mood, you're somewhere where you don't necessarily want to be at the moment. It just, it shows, right? So understanding how much alone time you need and again it's different for everyone some people are more extroverted some people are more introverted 
taking the time to understand your own needs and then and then creating boundaries around those needs i think sleep being a really big one in terms of recharging quiet time slash alone time being another really big one like an active rest sleep being a passive rest quiet time alone time being more active and then in terms of how to carve those things out for yourself again everyone's in a different situation but learning how to create those boundaries for yourself so that you you get the necessary amount of time you need and in terms of creating boundaries a couple a couple of key points here i think really learning how to say no learning how to say no when you need to say no when you really want to say no just say no the other person will understand or i mean they should understand but learning how to say no is super key and then learning and also learning how to respect other people's boundaries because i think that was something for me where as a when i wasn't when i didn't know how to create my own boundaries i didn't i also didn't really know how to respect other people's boundaries so now now that i've uh, resolved to set boundaries for myself um, and learn how to protect my own energy now that now when i see when i recognize other people doing it there's more there's a greater respect for it whereas in the past when i didn't know how to set my own boundaries i also didn't know how to respect other people's boundaries so all that to say uh, quiet time super important because it's in those moments where the conversations you have with yourself i think those are really really important like how you're talking to yourself is really important and again i'm gonna touch on this when i move into dr happiness because i think that's why i put these two episodes together i think these two things overlap a lot um, but how you talk to yourself, again, comes down to a lot of it comes down to being aware of those things, being mindful of the conversations you're having in your own head. I think that's really important. And it's so easy now to kind of get caught up into a lot of consumption with content, whether and I, I do it too. I still do it. I still catch myself doing it. But consuming a lot of content and it's like an unconscious way to avoid your own thoughts so for example say i'm driving i used to always like either i'm listening to a podcast or i'm listening to music um, if i'm doing chores around the house i'm I can get into the habit of listening to a podcast or listening to an ebook. And if you do this enough where the whole day, every time you have a lull, like every time I'm not coaching people or every time I'm not with someone else, then I'm filling that void with some content. And it, it's not a bad thing. I think it can be a good thing. It's productive it's efficient you can you can learn something while you're doing 
something that might be a bit more mundane, like driving or uh, cooking. But I think there's, as always, there's a fine balance, right? Because in the past, I found myself like constantly having to be listening to something. And I think now in retrospect, I think that was just a, that was just a way to like avoid having those conversations with myself because I knew that I didn't want to address some things. So hopefully that makes sense. Again, I'm not saying it's a bad thing because I still do it, but sometimes now I'll catch myself like, okay, stop. You're, I'm just, you're just looking for something to listen right now, but why don't we stop and actually think about um, whatever it is that I want to address at that moment or whatever is like kind of in the background of my mind that I know is like a tough topic that I don't really want to address. So to wrap it up, wrap up Dr. Quiet, it, it's simple, like simple sleep, get in the sleep, know how much alone time slash quiet time you need, and then know how have enough courage and belief in yourself to set those boundaries so that you can actually get that quiet time and sleep. And it's kind of like setting boundaries can be an uncomfortable conversation, especially if you're setting boundaries with your significant other or your good friends or even your, your clients. It's uncomfortable to, to create boundaries. But at the end of the day, it is super beneficial. You'll feel better for doing it. And you'll, you'll probably be happier with yourself that you did it. And then on the topic of happiness, let's move on to the fourth doctor, doctor happiness. So some key words for doctor happiness, core values, emotional intelligence, your dreams, your motives, your virtues. So doctor happiness, basically the other three doctors, doctor diet, doctor movement, doctor quiet. If those things, if you do the things that you feel will help you feel your best in those areas, they will all culminate and help you with doctor happiness and being happy is kind of like, I don't know, for me, it seems like the most ultimate, most worthwhile goals to be, to be happy with myself, to be proud of myself, to be content with the life that I'm choosing to live, to be proud of the decisions I'm making. That at this point in time seems like the most ultimate and worthwhile goal. So doctor happiness, again, it comes back to like setting the backdrop, like what is your ultimate goal? What is your ultimate dream? What is your love? What is your one love? Like, how do you want your life to play out? So doctor happiness, really main points taking the time to clearly define what creates happiness in your life. So taking the time to clearly define what creates happiness in your life. 
again, now we're talking about happiness and defining what will help you be happy. Just like how with the nutrition, it's kind of like what foods will help me feel good. With the movement, it's coming from a standpoint of like what kind of movement and how often should I be moving so that I feel my best. And then now, again, it's taking the time to really pinpoint what creates happiness in your life. And another key point here is you really can't expect others to be responsible for your happiness. So, and like I said last time, last episode with, there's not a whole lot to this except to sit down and sit down, think about it, have a piece of paper in front of you, have a pencil or a pen and really defining what creates happiness in your life. I know I've said that like 10 times already in the last two minutes, but there's not a whole lot more to it than that. So I had a, I had a conversation with a client just a few days ago where I asked her, I was like, have you ever thought about what creates happiness in your life or what makes you happy? And she replied, no. And I said, okay, like as you're doing this next set, we're doing a set of um, stair climbs. So something simple like that. I was like, as you're doing your next set, just try to think of like one or two or three things that make you happy. And I told her, you don't have to share it with me, but just think about it. And then she finished her set. And then I asked her, okay, did you think of something? Did you think of a few things? And she said, yeah. I said, okay, that's great. The follow-up question would be, okay, now that I've I've identified those things, how often am I doing those things on a daily or weekly basis? So you've defined what makes you happy. Now, can you identify how how often you're doing those things? And that will really give you, that will really... um, show you like okay these are things that make me happy but i'm not doing them at all or i'm doing them very rarely that's kind of that's uh these are good realizations to make right and then it's like okay the follow-up question to that would be okay you're currently only doing these things x amount of times per day or per week or per month whatever ideally how many times would you like to do those things? Like in a perfect world, how many times would you like to be doing those things? So three questions, right? That you guys can ask, ask yourself, what makes me happy? And then how often am I currently doing those things? And then ideally, how often would I like to be doing those things? So again, I, I'm only sharing these things now because I wasn't able to share these things, say a year ago, because I had not defined these things. But now that I have, now that I've lived it for 
It's been close to a year now. I feel comfortable sharing these things. I, I feel like it's helped me a lot in terms of my day-to-day, just in terms of my general, general mood, general approach to life. So that's why I'm sharing these things. And then earlier I said that in terms of happiness, me personally, I find it so, so, um, so tied in with self-awareness, just like knowing how to be self-aware. And I think this is where something like emotional intelligence comes into play. Ever since I can remember, I've always been like very in tune with my feelings, very in tune with my emotions, very in tune with other people's emotions. And it's just like everyone has, everyone's born and then raised with like certain gifts, right? And for me, like why these things are so, why I like to talk about these things, why I like to discuss these things and share these things is because uh, these it, it comes very natural to me because I don't know. It's just like the way, the way my personality is, the way I am. So, you know, some people are gifted with more like intelligence, like IQ, more intelligence. Some people are gifted with, you know, other skills and one of my gifts is just like having the EQ, the emotional, like emotional quotient is what they call it. So one big part of this is uh, learning about my personality type. And I've talked about this before. Um, it's called the Myers-Briggs type indicator. And learning about the my personality type in that way taught me about like, okay, why do I operate like this? Why do I feel like this? And a lot of it just showed me like most of most, if not all of my decisions are based on morals and ethics and doing the right thing. Like justice is super important for me. So I think just being self-aware of these things have kind of helped me with learning what makes me happy and something paul check says is if you don't know what makes you happy how are you ever going to be happy and that resonated with me with me a lot so self-awareness it takes a while it takes some time takes some sitting with yourself and reading learning learning about these things and moving into another point about happiness for me gratitude is a huge part of is a huge part of it just like learning learning how to be grateful reminding myself to be grateful and as i've shared in the past like every morning i do write down three things that I'm grateful for at that moment. Every, every morning I do this 
and it just helps me set the tone for the day. It helps me kind of cultivate my mindset so that I'm coming from a I'm coming from a place of gratitude as opposed to not being grateful, right? It's really that simple. So for me, like gratitude is the attitude. And before I dive deeper into this, uh, let me just let me just hit all my key points here. Other things that help me with creating happiness, um, mindfulness has really helped me with this. Learning how to be mindful, learning what that what it means to be mindful, um, and then in a similar similar vein, mindset. I've already kind of talked about it. Just like learning how to cultivate my mindset so that I'm approaching life and I'm, I'm approaching things with, with, with a, with a positive, with a optimistic, with a kind and compassionate attitude. And when I, when I reflect on how I learned all of these things, it's kind of like, okay, how did I learn how to eat? well and how to eat in a way that served me and then how did i learn how to train how did i learn how to train the way i trained the way i train now sorry and it's all learning from people who have done it people who've been doing it other coaches who've been doing it so a lot of this um awareness gratitude mindfulness mindset I learned a lot of this from reading books. So I've, I have an episode or two out there where I outline all these books I've read in the past. You guys can look into my archives for that one. But there was a period of time in my early 20s where I read a lot of books. So these days I, I, read, a, I read one book a month. That's my reading goal these days. But there was a time where I was reading 30 to 60 books a year. And I did that for a few years. So overall, I, I've probably, I'm probably past the, I don't know, 300 mark, 350. Um, I wish I kept a solid list of all the books that I read back in those days but I didn't I do now but I read a lot of books a, a lot of like a lot of eastern philosophy or philosophy in general I read a lot about mindfulness and then I read a lot of science fiction fantasy and novels I read a lot of fiction as well and one thing if you're looking to read i really recommend um, fiction books i i think fiction is often overlooked because i don't know it's just a story it's like well what a waste of time it's just a story it's not like a non-fiction book where your where the main goal is like to learn about a certain topic or a certain um yeah, a certain subject or topic. But in fiction, what I found was a lot of the authors, especially in the science fiction, 
and fantasy realm, but even in regular like novels, a lot of authors were actually like they were writing in their personal philosophies into the story. So there was a lot of ethics and morals, like what I was talking about. That's why I was so into it. A lot of um, fiction, science fiction, it's all about ethics, morals, like what would be the right thing to do, that kind of thing. So just to say that a lot of this I learned through books and I'll share a few of the books that really made a difference in like the way I approach things. Because when you read a book, it's like you're, you're, if it's a difficult read, it's good if it's difficult because it means that these are new concepts for you, right? And, and that's a good thing because when you're, when you read or when you learn something new, it's like you're taking on someone else's ideas and opinions and values. And then you're learning to like implement them into your own core values, your own code of conduct. So some books that helped me a lot were like, as I said, Eastern philosophy, like Buddhism, that was super helpful. Um, just because of the mindset of like um, the the impermanence of life, like nothing is permanent, like everything is temporary, especially our feelings and our thoughts and our emotions. So impermanence was a big like principle that I learned. Uh, attachment, being being attached to what we think things should be like or or how things should be like all of all of our suffering really just comes from attachment whether it's like attachment to a certain idea or attachment to a certain way we think things should be or attachment to our own ego like all of this was just very helpful in the mindset in cultivating the mindset. Another thing that kind of helped me with like just overall compassion is the, uh, the principle of like interconnectedness where everyone and everything is connected in some way. Um, as in I, me making this podcast and speaking into this mic would mean nothing if there was no you on the other side listening to this right there's so just the whole interconnectedness of life and that just helped me kind of like be a bit more compassionate with people so actual books that helped me a lot and i've mentioned these in the past i wish i really wish i had more but i mentioned this last week and i'll mention it again victor frankel's man's search for meaning that was really good uh, wherever you go there you are by john cabot zinn was really was a really good foundational mindfulness text 
the power of now the power of now is a little more dense but learning how to kind of appreciate and live in the present moment because like in the text he's teaching that all of our all of our anxiety is just us living in the future like if we're anxious it's because we're living in the future we're we're too worried about what might happen and then we completely miss the present moment which is where life happens and then if we're depressed it's just us living too much in the past and then again because we're so depressed and so consumed and attached with what happened in the past then we can't fully enjoy what's happening right in front of us so the power of now that was really helpful uh, another great book for the four agreements by don miguel ruiz the four agreements i think i've talked about this in a previous episode as well that was a great book highly recommend to anyone but basically the four agreements again these are all like principles on how to live life and i understand if not like not everyone's into these things but i'm just sharing like what helped me kind of get to the point where i am at now so the four agreements number one be impeccable with your word as in our words can either hurt people or they can help and heal and encourage people so really being mindful of the things we're saying to other people um, being impeccable with our word number two never taking anything personally again taking things personally it's just like our ego is being hurt when we're taking things personally so not take never taking anything personally number three never assuming anything and then number four always doing your best meaning we're not going to be perfect but we can always try to do our best and then one last book that i can think of right now super helpful super helpful the seven secrets to healthy and happy relationships again by don miguel ruiz and um and a co-author sorry co-author so why i mention these things it's like no one when i read the uh, book about creating a healthy and happy relationship i was i was i actually listened to it on an audiobook while i was driving i was listening to it and i was like man like these are such simple things but no one ever taught me these things like this isn't part of the curriculum at school uh, unless your parents are like super enlightened about these things mine weren't like they didn't really talk to me about such specific things like they helped me with other um they helped me in other areas in terms of like being a good person like taking care of other people being kind to other people but then they never taught me the specifics of like how to create a healthy relationship and it's most likely because 
no one taught them how to do that. So again, books, books help me a lot. Uh, listening to podcasts helped me a lot too, just like from other people who've been doing it longer or who've had more experience doing those things. So these, these books really helped me kind of cultivate my mindset around, around life. And so I want to go back to mindfulness and gratitude. And it's all like you, you guys have probably heard, you know, that, that term, the quote, you know, focus on the things that you can control. Don't worry about the things you can't. And I think that's, that's just such a huge part of it. There's only so many things we can control, right? And the main things that we can control are, is our attitude. It's our thoughts and behaviors and emotions and mindfulness helps with those things because basically mindfulness is just being aware of of your own thoughts and feelings and emotions and what one um one way to look at it is that when you meditate this is from john kabat-zinn's book wherever you go there you are when you meditate you're just being the watcher of your thoughts because as humans our brains are wired where we have like a million thoughts a day right and our brains just constantly going sometimes referred to as the monkey mind it's always just going 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 and when you sit down to uh, meditate or when you participate in any kind of mindfulness practice you're just being the watcher of those thoughts so if you can imagine someone sitting if you can imagine a waterfall and when you when you meditate you're you're actually behind the waterfall in normal life we're usually like in the waterfall like we are the waterfall but when you meditate you're actually sitting behind the waterfall and if you can picture it the waterfall is like coming down in front of us and the waterfall is just representative of our thoughts of all those millions of thoughts that we have so when you meditate we just learn how to remove ourselves from those thoughts like we aren't we aren't our thoughts where we are separate from that or we can be separate from that so i think mindfulness is just a huge huge aspect that has helped me and it's just taught me that especially with like learning that the present moment is really where everything happens like there's there's a quote in power of now it's like nothing ever happened in the past nothing ever is going nothing's going to happen in the future everything always happens in the now and that that resonated with me a lot so what i was saying mindfulness just taught me that like every moment is a new opportunity it's a new opportunity like to create the life you want to live to be the person you want to be and something that i do is like at the end of the day or in the morning when i'm brushing my teeth 
I used something that I've gotten into the habit of doing is I'll just stand in front of the mirror while I brush my teeth. I'll look, I'll look at myself in the eyes and I just, I'm just asking myself, like, are you proud of the person you, you are today? Are you proud of the decisions you've made today? And hopefully the answer is yes, more often than no. Right. So that's kind of like a, a practice that I've been doing, but in terms of like being happy with yourself or being happy in general, I think a big thing is like being proud of yourself, being proud of the person you are, being proud of the fact that you did the things that you set out to do. Um, that's why for me, like it's, it's all about habits. You're building your habits, whether it's your nutrition habits, whether it's your training habits or sleep habits or work habits, you're as people were like, we set out, we're, we're setting out to do certain things. And if we do those things, we feel good about ourselves. We feel better about ourselves. So I think like the, it's just all about doing that on a consistent basis. And I was reading something recently where in order, the person wrote like, in order to have a great life, it's really just about stringing together a bunch of great days. So setting out to have a great day, something I like to ask my partner and her, her five-year-old in the morning. Sometimes I'll ask, like, say it's a weekend day. I'll ask, okay, what do you guys want to do today? What would make today a really great day? Because I genuinely believe that we're like, that's something we're in control of, right? We can control what we do today. So one last thing about gratitude is that sometimes it does take like a certain, a certain event that, that happens where like, whether our life flashes before our eyes or where someone we love their life flashes before their eyes so i've shared in past episodes my dad had a was in a motorcycle accident like four years ago now and he had a traumatic brain injury um really really um tough injury for him like a lot of long-term memory loss uh, short-term memory is a little was impacted as well and then so that was like a big that was a big event in my family's life where at the time I wasn't I was working somewhere where I wasn't happy and I think just dealing with that dealing with seeing my mother at the hospital and going to the hospital every day for like a year um seeing like watching that all kind of unfold that was a big that was a big eye opener like okay um life as they say life is short and it could it can change or it can it can end at any time 
so for me that was a big ipo opener like okay you you need to you need to actually sit down and start to do the things that you actually want to do as opposed to just going through the motions and collecting a paycheck just because it was comfortable to do so so i think certain moments like that or seeing our elderly family like pass away seeing how fickle life can be for me that just helped me like create this um, attitude of gratitude where like okay things you know life is really fickle and as i as i say this right now i always think about i have a my grandma is 92 and you know i always just think of my grandmother and my parents and that i just want to make sure i spend time with them i see them i talk to them on the phone and whenever i'm doing that i'm just fully there and enjoying that moment and really um you know really living life and doing things doing the things that i want to do so that there are no regrets like i always say you know if life were to end for me tomorrow i'm totally good like i'm so good got got a great family i got i get to lift weights I get to eat amazing food. I have awesome friends. I have an awesome partner. Did I mention I have an awesome family? So I think just kind of creating that kind of attitude around life, making sure I've defined what makes me happy and then making sure I'm doing those things. I think it's super important. And I guess that's why I'm sharing this right now. So, I hope this was helpful in some way. I hope, I hope you guys either learned something or took something away from this. And as always, it's, it's always a process, right? Just like training, just like nutrition, just like creating new habits, cultivating the mindset is a process and as i sit here today at the ripe age of 28 you know this is where i'm currently at i wasn't like this i didn't think like this even last year and especially not three years ago or five years ago like there were there were hints of it coming out and i was slowly learning but you know, as they say, we continue to evolve as we experience new things and as we become more educated in things. So there's still a lot to learn. But for now, I hope you guys take the time. I hope you take the time to like really figure out what makes you happy. And if you already know, and if you're already doing those things, that's great like that's really great and this kind of this kind of closes off our four doctor series doctor movement 
Dr. Diet, Dr. Quiet, and Dr. Happiness. So why I shared this series is because as Paul Cech teaches it, he says these are the last four doctors you'll ever need because if you can take control of these, if you can take control of your diet, you can take control of your movement practice, you can take control of your quiet time, your sleep, your passive rest, and your active rest. And then if you can figure out what makes you happy, I think that sets you up for like a life of health, vitality, strength, and happiness, right? So let me know if you guys have any questions, if I need to like expand on certain things. But thank you guys for listening. Thank you for hanging with me the last three episodes. I think I'm going to bring on some, finally bring on some guests for the following episodes. Keep, stay tuned for that. I'll leave it there for now. So hope you guys are keeping well. Hope you guys are taking care of yourselves physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Hope you're doing the things you love. And if you're not, that can change. That can change today, like right now. You know, there's that there's that saying, if, if you're looking for a sign, this is it right here. So, until next time, peace.